right, it's hour number two up first up here on TSN 1050. It's Monday morning. We're feeling good. Feeling good. Big weekend in the world of sports. Big weekend socially for the TSN community. It was Cola Mania Friday night. We'll get to the details surrounding the big shaker in Concord, Ontario. (laughs) At the top of the 8 o'clock hour. No appearance from Cheese. 20 fingers didn't make it out. out. Whoever didn't come, they missed out, buddy. And we have all of the details. Epic party. And what was even more epic was you had a debt that was two years outstanding that was yeah. paid. So quickly, we'll get to we'll, we'll delve deeper into the into the story from Friday when, when Brian Hayes joins us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. But back in the, what, November 2020, the Biden versus Trump election, yeah. I made a bet with your buddies yes. who I'd never met before no. that they, they took Trump and I took Biden. And, of course, Biden won the election, you know, and your friends didn't pay at the time because they believed that the election was fraudulent. <laughs> well, you know, I, you might believe that, but still, the result of the election was that. I mean, yeah. Biden beat Trump, and they should have paid. So on Friday night, it's, we're, we're deep into the evening. This guy comes over to me. He has a $100 bill. Yeah, buddy Joe. Joe. And he's like, this is for you. I'm like, why? What is this for? He's like, I lost a bet to you. I'm like, Trump-Biden? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, all right, thank Day you very tonight. much. I think there's still four more outstanding $100 bills that I'm owed, but whatever, I'll Day take one. Night. Shout yeah. out to Joe. Joe uh, Joe is a man of his word, so he came through. I, it was an amazing evening, and again, the details. There, you know, We don't want to get too too detailed to what, 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 what went down, but there were a couple people at TSN 1050 who had themselves Let's just quite say an evening. Al's brother... The star of the show. Was a massive hit. He was the Austin Matthews in Seattle last night of yeah. the party in Concord. He yeah. he put on a show. So we'll detail that a little bit later. But I mentioned Austin Matthews, who had a weird year, right? I mean, he scored 60 goals last year, wins the Hart Trophy, wins the Ted Lindsay. Going into last night against Seattle, he had three straight games without a point. Like Austin Matthews? And the last time he had done that was at the beginning of last season, and he goes off and rips off that remarkable year. And I wonder if it's a coincidence. I think the answer is pretty obvious that it's not. That with Mitch Marner back on his wing, Michael Bunting on the other side, they were doing their thing all night long. Matthews had two goals. Marner had three assists. And the Maple Leafs beat the Seattle Kraken 5-1. to one. And Sheldon Keefe, the coach of the Maple Leafs, a guy who has been so creative as far as all the different line combinations, D-pairings that he's cultivated all year. I mean... And I don't think they're even close to finish, right? With Ryan O'Reilly in the fold, we still haven't seen the Ryan O'Reilly as the third-line centerman, which eventually we will. Uh, maybe. I, maybe at some point. Like, there's been so many different... As long as John Tavares keeps producing on the wing, I don't know if, well, how, how you know, much you'll see of that. That's, that's exactly it. I mean, and, and there's still, what, 20 games to go for the Toronto Maple Leafs before they play the Tampa Bay Lightning. A team we'll get to in just a moment. But here's Sheldon Keefe talking about Matthews' two-goal performance with Mitch Marner back on his line. Yeah, it's great to see. Obviously, that's that's the intent when you make the change, and you, um, you're thrilled to see it come together like that in terms of how they scored, in terms of the jump that Austin had here tonight, being all around the net and all around the puck. Um, but I thought, you know, we got, we got good and important goals all through the lineup. Um, you know, different lines contributing and, and uh, good shifts from each line. Keefe has had the golden touch, right? Oh, O'Reilly? Oh, you're a Maple Leaf? All right, you want to play with uh, Tavares and Marner? Yeah. There's a hat trick. There's 13 points combined for those three. And then two games later, following 
a lackluster offensive performance against a really good defensive team in the Minnesota Wild on Friday night. The Leafs won that game 2-1 to on the back of William Nylander, an amazing individual effort in overtime. Yeah, last night it's like, all right, Matthews and Marner, you guys are back. And is that something that's going to stick around for the rest of the year? Maybe, maybe not. But I think what Sheldon Keefe has learned, and not that he really needed to learn it again, is that though that trio, the Matthews band, as we called them last year, still very productive when they're together. When they're together. And look, say what you want about Sheldon Keefe. This is what makes him such a great coach. Because he has a true feel of when to push the buttons for this team. And it just seems like every time he tries to press a different button, he gets good results. And that's the... You know that that that's what sort of uh, defines a good coach is you know through an 82 game season you're not always going to play your best the players aren't always going to produce every game but because he has such a a good feel and a good understanding of who he has as players and as individuals you know when he needs to mix things up, he always seems to find the right combinations to do it. And he always seems to get the right results. Now, we're talking about regular season hockey. You know, this this type of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, touch that he has has to work in the playoffs. And look, at the end of the day, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, it's not going to be because of anything that Kyle Dubas does. It's not going to be anything about what, what Sheldon Keefe does. It's all going to be about how the players end up changing the narrative about this group. Because the players are the ones that have to strap on the skates and go out and play. Now, Sheldon Keefe, if you're the coach, you get home ice. It's, it's, now, now the focus is on you based on what type of matchups you want to create. That, that's where the spotlight's going to be on Sheldon Keefe. But so far this season, with everything this team has had to endure with all the adversity that they had to face. Matt Murray, the defense, the goal-scoring slumps by, by some of the players, the, the, the Matthews injury. They're a top-five team in the NHL. I think they're doing pretty darn good. And Matthews needed a pick-me-up, put Marner on his wing, gets two goals. Well, I, I've been struggling to figure out why Matthews this year, without Mitch Marner for the majority of the year, has been... Struggling is the wrong word. Not producing like he had, not only last year, but even in the years prior when Zach Hyman was on his wing mm-hmm. and he was still scoring at a 50-plus goal pace. This year, he's around a goal or half goal a game. So around 40, 42 goal pace for Austin Matthews. But on the other side, we know the defensive part of his game has really rounded out even more than past years. He leads the NHL in block shots for a forward. And I think maybe the reason why... His goal scoring isn't what it used to be, but his defensive play has ratcheted up is because of Marner not being on his line. Because we know what Marner does offensively, but we also know what Marner does defensively, right? So if you have Nylander playing on your right wing as opposed to Mitch Marner, maybe Austin Matthews is a little bit more focused on his own end and getting the pucks in those, in those loose puck battles in his own zone that he might not have to worry about with Marner back there. So that might be one explanation, but at the end of the day, I think for the Toronto Maple Leafs to go deep in the playoffs, and we'll talk about all the moves made by Eastern Conference foes or rivals of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Boston making their big move last week. Tampa making their big move last night, trading for Tanner Janot. The Maple Leafs need Austin Matthews to be one of the best goal scorers in the NHL and the defensive 
prowess that he's shown, those need to be working simultaneously for the Maple Leafs to go deep because your best players need to be your best players. And there's always the, oh, the Barkley Goudreaux and the Blake Coleman's and the Nick Pauls. Yes, those guys are good. Yeah. You know who scores 30-plus points every postseason for Tampa? Nikita Kucherov. And that's the type of performance the Maple Leafs are going to need from their top guys. There is no doubt with what you just said. You ain't going anywhere unless your best players are your best players. But the difference in winning series is getting goals from unexpected heroes, which is something the Maple Leafs have never gotten in any of their past five, six years of failures in the playoffs. Never. Does that change this year? Well, you better hope so, because... Tampa's probably going to get a big goal from somebody outside of their best players. Maybe Tanner Janot. Maybe we'll get Tanner Janot. Maybe Corey Perry, whoever it is. How are the Maple Leafs going to match that? And just to, just to go back to Austin Matthews. For the last two years, where he's really taken his game to the next level, winning the, Ar- winning the, the Rocket last year, scoring 60 goals, he's been the guy always dragging the team into the fight. And it's always been... Matthew's leading the way, and if he's not leading the way, the team struggles. I think that's the one thing this year we really have to appreciate about this group is Matthews has has rounded his game out so well that he makes an impact everywhere he's on the ice. And what has been complimentary to this group right now is that now you've got four guys dragging the team into the fight every night. Where if one guy's got no, not going, you're, somebody else is picking up. Between Marner, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, almost every night consistently, one of those four guys is, is, is picking this yeah, team up. And I think Ryan O'Reilly is more than capable of making that oh, a 100%. That, that's another great addition to this group that helps carry that load that this team has been carrying. And so this is why when people want to point out Matthews and you know his his light goal scoring total, I don't really worry about it that much because ultimately if he's having this type of season and he is better equipped health-wise going into the playoffs where there he can take his game to the next level, the Maple Leafs are going to be way better off. They are. And I think at the same time, you want him performing and producing goals like you saw him last night. And I think with Marner there and with Bunting, and if this is how it goes for a while, again, the Leafs play the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton on Wednesday, which I imagine you'll see Matthews and Marner stick together for at least that game. Right. You have to be feeling a little bit better. So there's there's, there's 22 games left, okay? Matthews has 28 goals right now. He'd basically need a goal a game to get to, to 50. I don't even care if he gets to 50. Oh, he's not going to get to 50. And, and he might. You don't know how this, this, this last 22 games, especially now that he's going to be playing with Mitch Marner Maybe. For, for a good stretch here. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what you want to see with this group is them play with a level of confidence and be assertive with their play, sort of what we've seen since they acquired with O'Reilly, where they don't ease their way into the games. They come out, they establish the way they want to play, they get the early goals, and next thing you know, it's the other teams chasing them. And when you, when you have that going for you, it lets everybody feel more comfortable playing the system that you want to play. 
takes the pressure off the goalies, takes pressure off the defense, and it, it helps you build a brand of hockey that you want to start playing and get more comfortable playing in going into the playoffs because you know once Tampa flips the switch to playoff mode, we saw them last year firsthand what they're going to bring to you. And I don't expect anything different in this series that they're about to encounter. No, 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 no. We mentioned brand of hockey. I think that's something that the Tampa Bay Lightning really identified and made clear the type of brand of hockey they want to play against the Maple Leafs with that trade they made last night. Bringing in Tanner Janot from the Nashville Predators. Man, the deal, they pay a hefty price to bring Yes, yeah, so too. the deal is Cal Foote and five draft picks, including a 2025 first, a second rounder, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, and a fifth rounder. So significant, significant deal for Tampa. And a guy in Tanner Janot, it's not like he's lighting the league on fire this year. He did score 25, 24 goals last year. He has five goals in 56 games this year. But, I mean, Tampa identified the guy they wanted. They gave up a huge haul to bring him in. And one thing, I wouldn't doubt Tampa. You know, no. like you could say what you will about his production on Nashville. I think I think Tampa they know what they're doing when bringing bringing him in. The one thing you really got to appreciate about Tampa and the way they operate, and which is why you should never criticize them about any move that they make, because any move that they make, they make for the best interest of their team. But when they identify a player that's going to best suit their lineup, their cap, and their success. They don't care what the price is. Oh, definitely not. And that's what you have to come to appreciate. Clearly their top six is set with the core that they've locked in long term. They're just filling around the edges. And when they find a guy that's going to be best suited for the way they want to play, filling around the edges, they say, that's our guy. We're going to get him no matter what the cost is. Is it reckless? Maybe. But don't tell the team that's been to three straight Stanley Cup finals that anything they do is reckless. Because right now, all they're focused on is winning as many playoffs as they possibly can with this group that they have intact. 213 hits, 51 block shots. The guy is a tenacious four-checker. And so. he was highly coveted. Like, there's a oh, lot of teams yeah, 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 yeah. when he became available that were targeting him. But clearly nobody was going to pay anything close to the price that Tampa paid. We'll get more on that from Darren Dreger, a hockey insider, in about 25 minutes. Timo Meyer also traded. It sounds like Patrick Kane on the verge of being traded. What are the Maple Leafs doing? Who are the guys who could still be traded ahead of Friday's deadline? We'll get to that with Dregs in 25 minutes. We'll also play overreaction or proper reaction with our producer, Cheese, next. It's Monday. It's Monday. Been getting it back. Looking for Matthews who scores. Another brilliant pass by the magician. An overreaction there. Don't be an intense overreaction. Both drives, runs it up. Yes! 70! 71 for Damian Lillard. And now what? He's out. Damn cold strike three! Wow! Don't overreact, okay? Please don't overreact. Kind of an overreaction, but what are you going to do? We tend to overreact from time to time here on First Up. This is TSN 1050. Karolnik Koliakovo with you. But our man Cheese has put together some questions, Coco, for you and I to ascertain whether or not we are indeed overreacting to some of the major topics in the sports world. Can we Jeez. please uh, refrain from using big words this morning? I'm not sure ascertain actually is the correct <laughs> word in that 
particular <laughs> sentence, but it's close enough. It's still no, quite no early. No big words. Jeez, no quite big early. Words. Keep it simple, stupid. That's what they say in broadcasting. At least in the schools that I have taught at. Only taught at one school. But, cheese, you're always the man. So, what's going on? Good morning. Welcome to the program. How was your weekend? It was relaxing. I was quite sad that I couldn't make it to the Coco festivities. It looked like it was a great time. Epic, buddy. Epic. Cola mania. Epic on Cola mania. But yeah. I am happy to be here with you guys this morning. And we are going to start with Timo Meyer. We're so close, guys. We're so close to the Swiss cheese line. I can I can taste it. We're really close. I don't think Meyer's going to end up playing much with Heeshear, though, is he? He's probably going to play beside Hughes. So what's the question? Oh, no, no. I was just throwing it out oh, there. Oh, okay. <laughs> right on. I was just confused. Um, I don't think whoever. I mean, he sure he They're stacked, man. It's the same as the Leafs situation. Yeah, I mean, play with Marner and with Matthews with, or it's, Nylander. It's a, it's a, that's, a, that's a big time impact move the Devils just well, made. Well, and, you know, I, the reports were, oh, they plus goal score. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, they haven't come to a contract agreement. There's nothing in place. Like, come on. There's something in place. You don't give up all those assets unless you know Timo Myers with you for a long time. And that was a great move by New Jersey and a great trade. By San Jose, they got a ton of assets. Yeah. Now they got to figure out a way for a team to take Eric Carlson before the deadline. I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's happening either. We'll talk to Dreger about that in about 20 minutes. But if they could figure out a way to do that, really let the tank sink in for San Jose and and just recoup tons of draft picks and prospects, I think I think the thing I think the San Jose arrow is pointing in the right direction. I really like that move for both teams. Okay, so here's a question. The addition of Timo Meyer makes the Devils the clear-cut second-best team in the East. That's an overreaction. Can't say clear-cut. I mean, this is a team that's having their first real success with this group of players. Are they the second-best team in their division? Uh, I don't even, think so. Uh, I think I, I would have the Devils team. ranked third. I'd have Carolina and the Rangers ahead of the Devils. Well, Rangers after they acquire Kane? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's an overreaction, Chiefs. All right. I don't think it's an overreaction to say Mitch Marner. He's pretty good at hockey, and Mm -hmm. he is the subject of our next question. Mitch Marner will finish his career as the Leafs' all-time leader in assists. Marner has 371 after last night. Borea Solming sits in first with 620. Oh, that's proper reaction for sure. I mean, Marner's got, what, at least another 10 years to play in this league, does he not? Are they all going to be with Toronto, or can you envision Mitch Marner going to play anywhere else? I mean, no, not at this moment. But things can change pretty quickly. That's a lot of assists. Say what you want about Mitch Marner's contract. It's amazing how nobody talks about it anymore. No you know kidding. Why? Because this guy's one of the best players to watch on a nightly basis for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, the contract will become a subject of conversation if they lose again in the first and round. And you know what? Whatever contract he's going to get is is one he's going to deserve. Because this guy is consistently the least best player every year. Well, so, not last year, but yeah. Like in, in most years, yes. Okay, well, he wasn't the best player because he didn't score 60 goals? Well, like Matthews was their best player last year. The guy won okay, the Hart Trophy. He, he's still one of their best players. He's one of their best players. Yes. Yeah. He's definitely been their best player this year. He and Nylander, close, close. But Marner of late has been incredible to watch. Will he... I don't know, get the mo-, mo will he get fifty really assists a year for the next you remember 10 years? all this yeah, talk maybe. about Leaf fans saying we gotta trade Mitch Murray, gotta do this, can't win with him, can't do that. How bad would how much would Leaf fans hate 
to watch Mitch Marner play for another team. It would not be pleasant. Also, your son would be disappointed as well. Very disappointed. He loves Mitch Marner. Very and disappointed. Will Mitch Marner get 340 more assists in a Leafs uniform? Yes. If he stays a Leaf, sure. But who knows? Things can change really quickly in the NHL. So I'm going to say that's an overreaction because he can't predict the future that far down the road. Let's stay with the Leafs' top line. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner will be playing on the same line come Game 1 of the playoffs. I think that's a proper reaction. I think that's just what they have to go to. Like They just got to do it. And I think they're going to go on a significant tear here because I mean, for whoever is playing on Mitch Marner's line, it's been really easy of late. Whether it's Ryan O'Reilly or Tavares or, or last night Austin Matthews who scored twice, I think you, go, you roll with the Matthews band come Game 1. And the O'Reilly, Tavares, and Nylander trio potentially are together as well. Or maybe there's another deal to be made for the Leafs. Maybe they bring in a guy who could play on the left side on the second line. You move O'Reilly down to the third line centerman role. Tavares moves back to the middle. And all of a sudden, Maple, maybe the Maple Leafs have even more depth up front. We saw yeah. what Tampa did yesterday. But I do kind of feel, still Coco, that they're a winger short even after bringing in O'Reilly and bringing in Achari, just like the... Like in their bottom six? I, well, like O'Reilly could fill that role in the, as a third-line centerman, or alternatively, maybe that's Matthew Nyes. Who knows? Yeah. But I still, maybe, and maybe that's what they're looking at. Maybe it's Matthew Nyes who yeah. ultimately filled that role, but... I, I was looking at this I, yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised if the Maple Leafs bring in another depth forward. Yeah, uh, to play in their bottom six. Just quickly, the Frozen Four, assuming that the University of Minnesota gets all the way there. After it concludes, there are just three regular season games remaining for the Leafs. So yeah. it's possible if Nyes and his team get all the way to the Frozen Four, he'll only have the opportunity to play in three regular season yeah, games but, for the Leafs. But think about it. If he go, if he goes that far, think about. The big games he's gonna be, oh, yeah, he's yeah. gonna have played in already for sure. That guy, I mean, the adrenaline's gonna be flowing. You don't, you don't really need many games to to sort of transition into the NHL after you're playing in those type of games. Yeah. Believe me. Well, but you compare those two games in the playoffs against Tampa. There's not much of a comparison. No, there isn't. But three games is a good enough sample size, if you ask me. And I think we'll probably see it. And, and I and look, I I think going back to that question, I don't know if there is a an appropriate reaction to have to that. To me, it's a luxury. The fact that the Maple Leafs have Mitch Marner in any line that he plays in, you know, he ends up being the problem solver for that line. I think Mitch Marner's best role for the Maple Leafs come playoff time would be a rover. You know, as Sheldon Keefe, put him in any offensive opportunity that can help, you know, uh, be a difference for you. Offensive zone face-offs, defensive zone face-offs. Power plays. I think O'Reilly is a similar, a similar way. Yeah. Like, these guys are well, it's, very it's versatile. It's an absolute luxury for sure. Let's go to the diamond. At some point this season, MLB will either remove or extend the pitch clock in the eighth and ninth innings of games. Is that something that's been proposed by somebody? There's some people saying like what happened over the weekend where the game was like ended like that. It's not a great look, so MLB might consider that if they don't like the optics of it. Yeah, that's definitely an overreaction. They put in the pitch clock for a reason, to hurry up games. To go back to something that we already know didn't work in that respect... 
for the eighth and ninth innings, you have guys slow it down like we saw for so long. You're talking about 20 plus minutes cut off, cut off of every MLB game. Oh my God. This is awesome. This is an amazing yeah. development. I don't care about You might actually get more fans well, of the game. And you don't have to sit and watch a four hour baseball game yeah. um, in the month of October. Or No, I, I don't think. I think this is definitely an overreaction, Cheese. I think they're sticking with it, and I'm glad they will. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think it's an overreaction just based on what Steve Phillips said. It's 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 spring training. They're working out the kinks. By the time regular season baseball starts, guys are going to be used to it, and they'll just be dialed into it. It just it'll just work, and and there'll be no excuses for you know situations that played out over the weekend to happen because they'll basically say, look, you've had enough time to understand how this works. This is how it works. Deal with it, or deal with the repercussions of it. One more from the diamond. With Manny Machado now off the board for next winter's free agency, Matt Chapman has guaranteed himself a deal worth $150 million Whoa. or more. Hundred what? Fifty? No, no. How I many think... years are we talking about for $150? Six, maybe? Seven? Oh, no. I think that's Dude, I definitely over. Matt Chapman should hire you as his agent. Matt, Matt Chapman's like a good player. <laughs> but I mean... Last week I said 85, and you guys were like, oh, way too low. Well, that's a pretty big difference between 85 and 150. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a massive overreaction. Chapman's good, but he's also like a 230 hitter. Yeah. You know, like great defender, walks a decent amount, but I mean, we're not talking about. I don't think anybody's the... saying a more than 20 uh, million. Oh, no, no, no. I think he's probably, yes, I think he's probably in like we a 6. 120 range. Also, he's almost 30 years old. I mean, yeah. to, to go that deep into his contract into his 30s doesn't make any sense for the Toronto Blue Jays. So yeah, I think that would be an overreaction. She's... I'm with you. Overreaction there. I have one for you guys quickly. Is this an overreaction or a proper reaction? Where last night, it was reported that at least one NFL team has submitted a proposal that will allow roughing the passer calls to be reviewable by instant replay. Hmm. The competition committee is expected to have discussions on this today. The CFL rule. Is that an overreaction or is that a proper reaction by the NFL? Oh, it's definitely a proper reaction. The uh, Some of the rough in the passer calls that were called this year complete and abject farces. So uh, that's something that they definitely need to figure out or clarify the rule one way or the other. The whole like landing on the quarterback thing yeah. is just so bad. Um, that's the one that I would particularly zone in on. If I'm the NFL. So the NFL said that they looked at over 80 roughing the passer incidents from last year. And just under 10% of the 80 they looked at were real roughing the passer. I'm I'm skeptical. That feels cherry picked a little bit. Yeah. So that's probably fake news from the NFL. Something they are very notorious for. No fake news coming up in Leafs Breakfast. Darren Dreger, our hockey insider, in less than 10 minutes. All of the big news over the weekend. Timo Meyer traded. Patrick Kane seemingly traded as well. We're just waiting for the paperwork. Of course, Tanner Janot traded. And what are the Leafs up to? The deadline, 3 p.m. Friday. Dreger in 10 minutes. A little bet and breakfast on the other side. Hour two of First Up continues after this. We like to, we like to, we like to... Shout out to Chris Kirk, who won the Honda Classic at uh, the 
was it Arnold Palmer Invitational? Is that a, no? I guess that's not. That's next week. The Arnie coming up ne- next week. But the Honda Classic. The Honda Classic. Yeah, I'm getting my, my yeah. golf tournaments mixed up. Chris Kirk, <laughs> man, he put on a clinic though. I mean that. What a story from that guy. Yeah, though. he was an alcoholic. Uh, he's now sober, yeah. and he credited his his sobriety for the tournament. I hadn't won a tournament in seven years. Yeah, and it was almost this guy Eric Cole who did win. Down the stretch, and he kind of choked it away a couple of times. Well, Kirk almost did on 18. Yeah, he stuck he it behind a tree. Well, yeah. he tried to go for it, and he buried it in the water. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Chris Kirk, I mean, hell of a story. His fifth PGA Tour win. Congratulations to him. And for a guy like Eric Cole, who's 34 years old, had won so many mini-tour events, mm-hmm. had his chance, and just couldn't close. But you finish in a solo second on the PGA Tour, you're making a lot of money, some and good that's money. what it's good all coin. about. But yeah, it wasn't exactly a star-studded field. No, but we will see one coming up uh, this week where all the top guys are participating. So that'll be good to see. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was a special tournament there. It's always fun to see the bear trap and all the fiasco that it causes for the players because that's a tough three-hole stretch yeah. down there. That was on full display yesterday. No, it sure was, and it was in beautiful, sunny Florida, uh, which brought ah. back some uh, nice memories of my golf adventure there about a couple weeks ago. So um, pump pump for this weekend's tournament, that's for sure. We saw the Live Golf Tournament yeah, uh, take place, uh, oh, their, their first tournament over the weekend as well, too. Charles Howell, the big winner. Live is brutal. Like, and I, I, I was watching a lot of that. I was flipping. I had both TVs going on with the golf. And like, there's zero drama with Liv. Like, nothing of interest. Yeah. Like, the team aspect. Like, Bryson DeChambeau. Crushers. Celebrating. Like, what a joke. The Crushers. Yeah, Liv, that's tough for them. They have all these guys, the star power, and zero intrigue. Yeah. Chris well. Kirk and Eric Cole. Versus all Cam Smith and DeShambo and Dustin Johnson, and it wasn't even close. Like, the, Dustin wasn't, wasn't even on the leaderboard. No, none of the good players were. Like, Howell finished at 16, and the top, the, the guy who finished 10th was like minus three. And I'm like, where's Dustin Johnson? Yeah, Cam Smith. They probably well, not Smith, even Smith was in six. He was yeah. minus six. Yeah, it was not but, good. It wasn't a good thing. But anyways. anyways, Kirk won 25 to 1 on FanDuel. I think Eric Cole was like 150 to 1 on wow. FanDuel to start the week. So, Crazy. could have found some really good well, let's value. Let's get to uh, our guy, Darren Dreger, yes. who had a busy weekend this weekend. He breaking most down certainly and did. Breaking a bunch of trades that happened in the NHL. We'll get to Dregs on the other side. He is raring to go, assuming his phone still has battery because no he must have been working it nonstop over the weekend. Our hockey insider, Darren Dreger, next. This is Leafs Breakfast. Here's Barner across the line, dropping, getting it back, looking for Matthews, who scores! Another brilliant pass by the magician, and Austin Matthews has a pair, and the Leafs are running away with this one. The Maple Leafs pick up a 5-1 win in Seattle last night to kick off a West Coast swing. That after a 2-1 win on Friday night for the Leafs, they beat the Minnesota Wild, a game you you did see on TSN4, featuring our next guest who joins us every Monday morning is our hockey insider, Darren Dreger. Darren, how you feeling this morning? Oh, I'm doing okay, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it turned out to be a busy one yesterday on the trade front, <laughs> clearly. Leafs playing out west. I mean, there was a lot going on. So, 
I can only imagine what your phone is like, you know, over the weekend, heading into this week with the yeah. deadline coming up at 3 o'clock. I mean, yesterday you had Timo Meyer traded. You had Tanner Janot traded late last Barbashev. night to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, Barbashev. I mean, <laughs> what yeah. is it like? Can you have a nap? Do you, Are you able to sleep at all, or do you have to stay awake at all points of time? No. Yeah, no, there, there's there's not a lot of napping that is going on here. But uh, in fairness, uh, the the time if we want to start with Timo Meyer, that was an interesting one. Obviously, you know, not just because he ends up where we thought he'd go, <laughs> which is New Jersey, but when you break down the dynamics of that trade, you know how mammoth it is. You know, both in in pieces and assets and everything else. I mean, you can appreciate how complex putting all of that together was. So that also then helps explain why we as an insider group were able to easily identify that Timo Meyer had been traded to the New Jersey Devils, but then you start to piece together what the return is going to be at both sides. You know, the Sharks and the Devils just kept saying, hey, you're going to have to wait for it because it's, <laughs> it's so involved. Like, where do you even start? Yeah. Right? And then you pick it apart, and we're not going to do that here because it'll take an hour. But, you know, you, you, you've got three picks and four players, um, I guess, ending up with San Jose and then to New Jersey. You know, of course, you get Meyer. You get two defensemen, including Scotty Harrington. You get a goalie. Uh, you get a fifth-round pick in 2024. And just as important as all of that, 50% salary retention yeah. on Timo Meyer. So, you know, that's as complicated as it gets. It, it really is. And Tanner Janot, five picks. I mean, that's Jeez. absolute haul by the Nashville Predators and the Lightning step up one more time. Uh, and even the Barbership trade early in the day. I mean, truthfully, I, I mean, I, I sat on that for a while. I don't know what was going on with Central Registry and, and the National Hockey League, but they seemed to be gummed up yesterday. And mm. In part, it could have been a number of things, right? It, it could have been the beginning process of going through the Meyer trade to the New Jersey Devils and, again, how complicated it was, et cetera. But there was a lot happening around the league and with league head office yesterday. Yeah, you would have thought that Central Registry was at uh, my party Friday night and still hung over. <laughs> no, they, were, they, were, they were operating at full capacity. <laughs> um, let's dive into well, so the Timo Meyer deal, I think it had 13 pieces that ended up being exchanged, which is one of the largest wild. deals we've seen in a very long time. But one of the new one of the trades that broke last night that literally shook the hockey world. Like who thought Tanner Janot was the most sought after yeah. um, uh, trade trade target out there? Because once he became once Nashville made it clear he was available for trade, it seemed like Tampa targeted him and they were willing to pay whatever price it cost to get yeah. him. They make the yeah. trade last night an impactful one, sending Cal Foot and five draft picks yeah. for this yeah. player. I mean, does, does Doug Armstrong sit there and say, man, I wish I would have waited one more day to trade Barbashev because I probably could have got a bigger haul. But how does Tampa pay this big of a price? I mean, it's, it's a significant one, no question about that. And what's clear here, and I'm not being critical, but you have two different views on, on draft picks. When you're in it, and the Tampa Bay Lightning clearly are still in it, right? In that window to win another Stanley Cup. You win back-to-back, you lose you want to get right back there again. The draft picks, I'm not going to say they don't matter. Of course they matter. But when you're trying to, to win another Stanley Cup, 
you're so intoxicated by that process that if you see a piece that is going to help you now, but most importantly, help you in the future, because that's what you get in Tanner to know, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some, there's some cost certainty there. There's certainly player protection um, now within the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's not like an expiring contract where, you know, you dump these draft picks and you roll the dice on whether it works or it doesn't work. So there's a little bit more to it for Julian Braisebaugh and the Tampa Bay Lightning. But just to reinforce my point here, you know, he's bringing in a young piece that he thinks is going to help them now. And so when you look at the five draft picks, Cal Foot's no, no toss in here. You know, it, it feels like he needed maybe a, another look, another chance just to, to get his footing, no pun intended. Um, so it's, it's an intriguing, it's an intriguing, uh, transaction by both sides. But Julian Breesbaugh's looking at those draft picks and going, you know what? Maybe they'll help us win another Stanley Cup yeah. five years from now, but they're not going to do it in, in today's NHL. So I'm one more time going all in here. And no one should ever question what Tampa does because clearly no. any move that they've made is all has always been about winning. But when you look at their roster, they have yeah. their core players locked up long term. And they're going to, because they're Tampa, they're going to get veteran role players wanting to sign their to fill out the bottom yeah. six every year. So I'm with you. Like draft picks, schmaff picks, right? Draft schmaff. Yeah, the Cliff Fletcher. <laughs> the Cliff, uh, Fletcher, Cliff Fletcher. Fletcher. So go ahead. Uh, Darren Dreger, Hockey Insider, a guest here on First Up. Let's talk about Patrick Kane. It, it's a done deal, right? He's going to New York. We're just waiting for the salary cap yeah. specificity to work out over the next couple of Dude, days. But No big words. Sorry, man. Patrick Kane will be a Ranger, Dregs, before the deadline? Well, we feel strongly that way, uh, but until it's done, it's not done, right? Um, and, I, I mean, it's it's remarkable the hoops that these teams have to jump through. Um, and I don't want to get Carlo going again on the salary cap, but <laughs> that's, you know... Let me pull up my calculator. Hold on. Let me see if it works. Yeah, that's, that's why Patrick Kane is left twisted in the wind. Um, but, you know, credit to Chris Jury and the New York Rangers. I mean, he's, he's made some moves that are definitely going to open the door for Patrick Kane, sending crafts off to the Vancouver Canucks. We know that Jake Lestition, um, cleared waivers yesterday. So there's money coming off his cap. You know, there's, there's probably going to be a little bit more cap gymnastics that are going to have to be observed here in the next few days. I'd be real surprised, really surprised that Patty Kane it doesn't don a, a New York Rangers uh, uniform by maybe Thursday at the latest. You know, that's the way it feels. Save it for Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Save it for Friday, Chris Curry. Let's yeah. go. Got to get something to talk yeah. about on, on deadline day. Yeah, that's it's gonna uh, be it's gonna be tight on Friday, <laughs> fellas. Well, maybe a team we'll be watching on Friday is the Edmonton Oilers, Darren. A team that yeah. has not really done anything. And I look at the Western Conference, and I think you can make a pretty compelling case for what seven or eight teams to come out of the West right now. Te- there's only yeah. eight, there's only nine teams right now that are yeah. legit have playoff implications. Everybody else is right. out of it. But Edmonton, like you got to go out and trade for a defenseman, yeah, right? Like they're going to do something ahead of the deadline. Dude, between right? first yeah. and eight, there's like five points that separates uh, every team, so it's literally wide yeah. open. It, it, it will be, uh, but again, you're looking around, and I know the Oilers, uh, you know, they continue to wait for the prices to come down a bit, and I don't know that that's going to happen, not based on what we saw in a couple of the bigger deals yesterday. Um, but, you know, look at the barbership trade to Vegas. I mean, Vegas got 
significantly better, in my opinion. I mean, that guy's just a horse of a player. Yep. Can play all sorts of different hockey for you. Now they don't, you know, they give up a, a, a an important part of their future potentially in Zach Deep. Uh, you know, I mean, he's their first round pick from last year. Really, really so, good junior yeah, player so far. Really good QMJHL player. Um, and then look over to what Winnipeg did the night before in acquiring Nino Niederreiter for a second round pick in twenty four. That to me is a steal for Shovel Dayoff and the Winnipeg Jets. So I think that you know you've got Kenny Holland looking at those deals and going, okay, wait a second, those two teams got quite a bit better, you know, with experienced ads up front. Uh, now I'm looking at the New Jersey San Jose trade and how complicated that was, and the Nashville Tampa Bay trade and the haul that went back to the Preds, and that's the world that Holland and some teams are stuck in right now. They're hoping that the prices are going to come down. But if you're Bill Armstrong in the Arizona Coyotes and you've been this stingy and diligent to this point of Jake Chickren, are you really going to buck up now? I feel so bad for Jake Chickren. This guy's watching brutal. trades Terrible. happening left, right, yeah. and center. And this guy's <laughs> yeah. just like... He has hang, his alerts hang, on Darren's regular Twitter. He's like, pool. please! He's hanging please. out at his yeah. pool in Arizona saying, trade wow. me right okay. F and no. So this is how the world is turned over the last decade plus here, all right? So I can remember a number of times over the years, again, 10 plus years ago, where we would speculate on a trade and either the managers or whomever defined the source would call irate. Normally it was the GM who hadn't informed his player yet, right? So he's upset that his player is going to find out that he's being traded, you know, on tsn.ca or on the radio. Mm -hmm. It was pre-social media. Well, Tanner Janot last night is sitting there, um, again, trade protected, looking at all of the, the speculation on Twitter, thinks he's going to Tampa Bay for the better part of an hour. Um, nothing firm. Nobody from the team knows. Like, it's just – but, you know, that's also the world that these guys have grown up in as, as professional hockey players, so maybe it's less strange to them now than Blame it was Twitter. a decade or so ago. Blame it's just, Twitter. Just a wild, wild, wild environment. But to get back to your point, um, it feels like Holland and the Oilers are going to have to step up. You know, so who is the perfect fit on defense? You know, if it's if it's it, it hasn't been Chickering all along. I'm not saying they don't have interest in Jake Chickering. I know they do, but he hasn't been you know priority one. It hasn't been Gabrikov. Again, they they have interest, but not priority one. So beyond that, who is it? And and if it's either of those two. It seems pretty obvious to me that Holland is waiting and hoping that the price comes down. Darren Dreger, Hockey Insider, our guest on First Up. Any buzz about the Leafs over the weekend? Anything that they might be looking at doing ahead of Friday's deadline? Nah, not a lot of buzz. I mean, there was enough distraction going on around the league to keep us occupied. Um, you know, you know what? I, like, I, I think it's safe to assume, we keep repeating ourselves here, that Kyle Dubas is in a lot of different things. You know, for sure he would be. Um, close on anything? Yeah, that's that's hard to say. But, you know, not to revisit what we've already talked about this morning, but he's got to feel pretty good about himself in acquiring O'Reilly and Achari and, and the price that he paid to get those two players, right? When when you look at, you know, again, what we saw from some of the dealings yesterday. I do think Kyle is, is going to continue to add. Uh, could it be more, you know, on the depth side of things? You know, probably. Uh, you know, I think that there is some level of interest in Luke Shen, but I could apply that to probably a half a dozen other teams around the league. Like Winnipeg has some interest in Luke Shen, 
uh, you know, they just, unfortunately for Luke and his family, I think that teams are waiting to see what the market is going to look like. And you're not going to know that potentially until Friday. So there could be some, uh, there could be some ads by the Maple Leafs in the next few days here. Why not? Yeah, no, hey, man, I, let let the market sort itself out and then try to pick up something of value, hopefully, for the Maple Leafs. Uh, Drags, ugly incident in New York last night with Keandre Miller. How do you think the league plans to uh, deal with that situation? Yeah, look, I, and I, I, full transparency here, I only saw it a couple of times. I read about it briefly, but I have not, based on what was going on yesterday, um, invested any time in, in checking with the league. So I'll just tell you what I what I know historically, right? So historically, for sure, the NHL would be involved, and differing departments in this case would be involved. It's not just simply a, a department of player safety issue, right? Hockey operations would likely get involved in this case because of what we saw, the allegations that go around it. Um, you know, so that involves Colin Campbell and, and group. Uh, to a point, the commissioner's office would be advised, most definitely the Players Association. I mean, every layer is going to be included in all of this. So I end, and that includes the officiating staff. What do you hear? What do you see? So mm-hmm. they, they go through these things with a fine-tooth comb before determining whether or not there's any reason to move forward. Well, you wonder how the potential Keandre Miller suspension could affect the Patrick Kane situation because the salary cap implications. You send this guy up, you send that guy up. I'm yeah. sure they're just trying to poke and and pull their hair out. The incident was a spitting incident yes. with uh, yeah. Keandre Miller. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. It's... I, mean, it's just, I, I mean, bottom line, it's unacceptable. Absolutely. Yeah. No kidding. Well, you know, you, you, that's where you start, and then you try and appreciate, understand, get the facts on, okay, how did it get to that point? Was there something said? Like, what is going on here? So. Something to follow, but and look, it also shouldn't just get, you know, caught in the aftermath as it did for me. And I'm sure that's not the case with those who are involved at the NHL level. Busy times for the New York Rangers and their staff, no doubt. That team they pick up a five two win last night, and it sounds like Patrick Kane some point in the next couple of days could very well be joining yeah. their roster. Yeah. Darren, as always, we appreciate it, especially on a morning like today where I'm sure your phone is blowing up. Yeah. We'll speak to you. Maybe we'll see you on Friday, I'm sure. Oh, come absolutely. by and maybe make your annual yeah. visit into uh, our yeah. studios. We can, we can arrange that, right? Well, it kicks off early. I oh, think yeah. it's an 8 o'clock start, isn't it, for, for it Trade is, Center? It is. So, yeah. yeah, I think we'll have to make the annual pilgrimage over nice. to us. Uh, nice. To first up studio, so um, just you don't have to worry about the coffee or uh, you know I don't eat donuts or muffins or any of that stuff anymore. But um, PSN has us looked after in breakfast. So yeah, well we had McDonald's sure delivered you- us to us last week. I don't know, is that on the menu for you? No, I can't do that. Carlos. <laughs> this guy is an Adonis. He's not. You can't, like he can't be. Yeah, that's right. Now, buddy. Yeah, that's what I like. To I hear. mean. I mean spinach and blueberry smoothies. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, for the next four days, you need all the energy you can get. Well, Dregs, yeah. it's been a fun couple days. Do us all a favor. Start the week off on a Monday. Break another <laughs> trade for us, buddy. Okay, well, I'll try. It might slow down, though, for a couple of days, right? Because that, well, that I hope does so happen now. now that the big stuff is out yeah, of the way. Save it all till Friday if we can. We'll, see what we can we'll do. try. Thanks, okay, Darren. Thanks, pal. Okay, guys. Take Bye-bye. care. TSN Hockey Insider Darren Drake would love to see his phone. There's very few people's text messages I want to go through because you know it's a scary thing when you go through people's text. But Drags would just be like, dude, what am I? GMs like agents, players, so cool, so cool as a documentary. I'm telling you.
NHL general managers, or like Woj no. and Shams. I think they'd be even more interesting. Insider. Yeah. Do, do oh, a documentary meant, yes. of an insider. NBA, NFL, NHL, I'm telling you, Schefter's it'll phone. blow people away. Yeah, I'm sure Drecker and LeBron and Chris Johnson would love that. Hey, guys, yeah. here's the behind the scenes <laughs> of how we do things. And yeah. then, you know. So, I, like honestly, like, I, I I get a chance to see it firsthand on the day of trade line with our insiders here. Could you imagine what the NFL insider? I can't is even like? imagine I the can't way those guys. Get Some of the power brokers schools. that are sending and I messages. think the one between Woj and Shams would be amazing because <laughs> Woj is supposed to be the big the big dog, but Shams. Well, just imagine over. Dave Naylor versus Farhan Lalji, <laughs> CFL insider. That is what I really want to see. Okay, of course. I Come on, kidding. twenty. Don't do it, Chrissy. Hour three. Three of first up, Brian Hayes leads us off in about six minutes. We'll delve deep into the stories from Friday night at Colomania, the big party featuring Al's brother and Matthew Cause and their epic dance off. That's next.